1: Up, all right. have a little bit
2: more uh, social awareness that's to take a piss don't take a shit in the porta potties all right
1: all right welcome to another episode of the butting heads podcast from ram talk radio i'm c rivero as always joined here by johnny gomez and today we have a third guest host uh Kind of the third man in the Butting Heads podcast, I would say. R- Roto Baller writer and host of the Operating Room podcast, Kev Masarajan. How's it going, buddy?
2: Hey, you, you're, you keep killing my name. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, Steve, I'm doing great. Johnny, uh, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about the Rams, their draft, and everything we have in store for today. Hey, man, Johnny, uh,
1: the last time we podcasted, you were on Cloud9 about UCLA making the Final Four. And uh, I, I got to give you a minute if you need to air any air any laundry out here about the end of their season.
3: Hey, you know, it, it was such a heartbreaking loss to Gonzaga. And uh, I I have to say, you know, even going into the game, I wasn't really expecting a victory uh, per se. I mean, the fan in me would say, yeah, I, I expect the, the Bruins to win. But considering the season that Gonzaga had, uh, I mean, they were undefeated at that point. Um, and then, you know, for it to come down to the wire like that and came down to a lucky shot, I think that's what hurt the most is that Gonzaga advanced on a lucky shot and not that they won, you know, uh, by any other reason. Um, but hey, you know, they got there to the final four, first team ever for the first four. I'm, I'm still happy for the Bruins and. Hopefully, they'll be back in the Final Four next season.
1: Yeah, what are you going to do? And Gonzaga, join a better conference, dude. Like, get out. It's not You play Pepperdine all year. Of course, you're going to go undefeated.
3: <laughs> that is too true. I
2: mean, like, they still, like, they killed my Trojans. So, like, I, I can't beat anyone to talk shit here about Gonzaga. I so, I'm going to stay out of that one. I, I always. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, I'm completely yeah i'm neutral
1: i always pick <laughs> against them because I just don't believe in them because of their conference but this year it seems like they were actually good and they actually be good teams uh I didn't really watch it all season, so I picked them to lose to Oklahoma or whoever they played
2: in the second round and yeah, it was, i i had them winning so i honestly i i didn't lose much I think it was like a fifty dollar pool I played in like i that was like my biggest one. I played in like the BS ESPN ones, but you know, at the end of the day it, it, we do it for fun and it's just like once a year. It's like I guess I'll play in March Madness, you know. And uh I've actually I've had a good record like with North Carolina, Virginia and Villanova. I think the past few years I've hit on all of them, but yeah, Gonzaga, I don't know why. I, I was compelled to take them this year. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you,
1: you weren't you weren't wrong. They were a game away from the championship. So, or from winning, I mean. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun tournament though. But now that that's over, we are on to draft season. Free agencies pretty much wrapped up. Still some fish in the pond left that haven't gotten signed. But uh, the Rams don't really have any money, so we'll see if they actually do anything there. What we can, what we know they're going to do is draft some prospects, and we're going to talk a little about the draft. For those that are new to the show. Uh, The draft is not my area of expertise. I'm going to let Johnny and Kev, who we brought on specifically, to educate us and me on some of the draft prospects they're like and uh, and what we expect the Rams will do in this year's draft. Uh, But before we get into this year, I, I wanted to just see like a year later how we were feeling about the 2020 draft. Like this year and like pretty much every fucking year for the last decade, the Rams did not have a first round pick. Uh, they had two second-round picks, though, and just a, a refresher for everyone. In the second round, at 52, they went running back Cam Akers uh, to a lot of collective groaning from us on this call. Uh, at 57, they went Van Jefferson, wide receiver. At And then in the third round, at 84, they took Terrell Lewis. And at 104, they took Terrell Burgess. Lewis, a outside linebacker, Burgess a safety. In the fourth round, 136, they took Bryson Hopkins. In the sixth round, and I think – we could all agree their best pick of the draft. Jordan Fuller at 199, uh, safety, who's become a starter. And then in the seventh round, they took Clay Johnson, who's not on the team, Sam Sloman, who actively ruined the team when he was active as kicker, uh, and Tremaine Ancrum, a guard out of Clemson at 250, who some people are apparently saying is going to be potentially a part of the rotation this year, despite there being no evidence that he could play in the NFL, but he is still on the team. So, uh, Kev, I'll start with you here. I mean, looking back, I think at the, after this draft, we all had a lot of mixed feelings. You know, A year later, looking back at what we did and where the team's at now, how, how do you feel
2: about how they did in this draft? I mean, I really don't care about how they did in the draft. They got Matt Stafford, so <laughs> I, I, I'm totally fine with where the team is at personally. Um, with the draft, I feel like they really fumbled the bag in the second round. I did not like the Cam Akers or Van Jefferson picks. I think I I mentioned this last year, where you know I was gonna go bonkers if they took a running back for any reason, like on day one or day two, day day three. I don't care what picks you make. They actually hit on a bunch of day three picks. Or actually, well, two of them at least uh Fuller and Hopkins. I I do like Hopkins. I think he's gonna be a nice part. Of what we're talking about cam Akers, i love cam Akers. i love the player we didn't need cam Akers. we could have taken literally any running back or signed someone off the street given how we played and you know I, he was fantastic in the playoffs uh down the stretch but then van jefferson van jefferson like i get it he's is he fast like i don't know he ran 21 miles per hour at the senior bowl he's he never broke out in college uh he's uh apparently a clone of cooper cup and robert woods but in like a bad way not a he's not them but he plays in the same way which is pretty much useless especially with now with uh, Josh Reynolds gone I get it we got Deshaun Jackson but what are we going to get three games out of him uh I wish we would have gone I, I I know I mentioned I didn't like Denzel Mims but like I wish we would have just drafted Denzel Mims instead of Van Jefferson I would have liked our draft a lot more and I I would actually be like a big fan of what we'd done but looking forward uh it was fine. Our safeties are good. We lost John Johnson, and we're re- we're replacing him. We're fine, honestly, at safety, even with a major loss like that. Um, but I, th- I my, uh, my optics on the ramps for this year are very good, despite what they did in the draft last year.
1: Yeah, I. So I think I feel better about this draft than I did last year at the time. A lot of that is because, like, they absolutely fucking crushed that Jordan Fuller pick. That literally made it Mm -hmm. a lot easier to lose John Johnson, even though we drafted a safety in the third round too, and Terrell Burgess. And I think, to me, the overall success of this draft is going to depend on Terrell Lewis and Terrell Burgess, who Burgess, more than Lewis, I think, showed a lot of flashes and promise, and I think he's going to be a very useful player this year. Lewis didn't, you know, he he was injured. He wasn't out there that much. I I think the jury's still out. We'll see what he does this year. But, you know, if if those two guys pan out and are – like at worst like quality starters uh then I think this is going to be a successful draft I do agree with you on everything you said in the second round though um I don't even think Johnny used to chime in on i Den- taking Denzel Mims over Van Jefferson he was banging that drum he and we had a chance to draft him twice last year and skipped him both times uh and we took Van Jefferson like you said like I think could be a good player but what's his ceiling Robert Woods like we don't need
2: another Robert Woods right now, and I mean, okay, uh, come on, come on, okay. Taking another Robert, if he was like almost guaranteed to be Robert Woods, it's fine. But like the thing is, like, uh, it's just the same player. You can't have three of the same player on the field like that. That's my problem more so than if his ceiling was Robert Woods, I'd be ecstatic. Robert Woods is an almost elite wide receiver. Yeah. So no, that's what and I'm yeah, you what yeah. That's
1: I thanks for keeping me honest. That's kind of what I meant. Is like you to your point. Like if he pans out and is you know, if he's as good as Robert Woods, obviously it's fucking incredible. Um, but, like, also, you already have a guy who plays similar to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and then you bring in another guy, like you said, who does a lot of the same things. As a result, you have to spend potentially $4.5 million on a 34-year-old Deshaun Jackson, which I, I thought was a good signing. Um, it fit a knee that they needed right now that Van Jefferson isn't providing, though, and had they gone Mim's. In that draft, maybe they don't need to bring in Deshaun Jackson, but and with Cam Akers, um, like yeah, I, we all thought it was a dumb pick at the time, and I don't think anyone has ever that's argued against this pick. I don't think any of us have ever argued against Cam Akers as a prospect, and especially now as the player, like he's clearly good. Uh, there's there's no argument that he's a bad player, and he's going to end up being a good player, and I, I don't think this pick will end up being a bad pick but like you look at the beginning of the season when Daryl Henderson was popping off, like we already had a guy there that could play. And like you said, there's tons of quality running backs uh, in that, that were free agents that were not getting signed for a lot of money. I mean, not that I I would really want this player, but Mike Davis put up numbers last year in Carolina and got like $3 million uh, for, I don't even remember where he signed, but it's just like we didn't need running in, in the second round in this draft when we had a lot of needs, and a lot of the needs we're gonna be talking about today were needs last year. Uh it, you go running back and wide receiver, it was it was luxury picks and I'm like at least we know one of them is gonna pan out, but I'm just not I'm not sure it was the right pick, even though I think Cam Akers like might literally make a couple of Pro Bowls on the Rams. So I mean <laughs> it's it's weird to say it wasn't the right pick, but like like you said,
2: I. It's conceptual. Yeah. It's conceptual. It's you're not drafting for need there. I mean, I guess we needed a running back technically because I never believed in Daryl Henderson. But what's more important, a starting running back or a tackle depth? We saw Andrew Whitworth go down for half the season. He's thirty eight. Like that, a, a backup tackle who could start and be a future starter or a guard or a defensive li- not a defensive lineman because we have a bunch of those but a, but an edge rusher a linebacker more cornerbacks you never know when any of those are going to go down. You, you lose a running back, you could pick up Joe Schmo off the street and get decent production out of him. So, like, you know, I, I hate to be the running backs don't, uh, don't matter guy because I do believe they're, they are inherently talented and within the realm of running back, there are different sectors of talent that do differentiate themselves. But in the grand scheme of football, a running back is so minutely important relative to the other positions and having depth at those other positions is so much more important. We could have taken John. Josh Uche as an edge rusher. We could have taken Christian Fulton as an outside cornerback. Willie Gay as a starting inside linebacker. Jeremy Chin, who showed out, who, whose athleticism showed out last year at safety. Uh, and then there were running backs in the third round. And then, uh, like, it doesn't matter. You don't need a running back that bad. So, no matter I, – I think Cam Akers could be the best running back in football this year. It still doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, well – Okay, if he is the literal best running back in football, I'll, I'll walk I'm gonna walk it back a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I, I do agree with, with pretty much what you're saying. Johnny, how are you feeling about looking back on this draft?
3: So if we look back at the draft and we, and we kind of evaluate what, what exactly we got, um, sure, the Cam Akers pick didn't exactly fit in terms of what the Rams could have went after. Uh, I, as much as I wasn't a huge fan of that pick, I could almost live with it. It's the Van Jefferson pick that just really went over my head and still goes over to my head to this day. I just, I don't understand, you know, not that Van Jefferson isn't a talented guy. Um, I think we can all agree that Van Jefferson could potentially be a great player, but the problem as both you and Kev have kind of already mentioned, he's too similar of a player of guys that we already have on the depth chart. And that's not what you need. You need more diversity there. And Kev, I know you, you weren't exactly a Denzel Mims guy, but I I'm I'm still a pretty big fan of his. I think he's gonna be a pretty good player. And uh <laughs> I I I know that if he was going to the Rams Uh, Matthew Stafford would have had a true weapon ready for him. And I'm a little disappointed that he's not there, but hey, what can you do? At at least now, you know, we have Deshaun Jackson. Uh, But as you go into the lower rounds, we have the replacement tight end for Gerald Everett, which is great, and Bryson Hopkins. Uh, In terms of everyone lower than that, you have... uh, Jordan Fuller, who obviously was the best pick, and then beyond that, nothing really. I think where it really becomes uh, where you decide if this is going to be a good class is how Terrell Lewis and Terrell Burgess turn out. I think those are the two most important picks here because... I think uh, Terrell Lewis was a solid pickup. The only thing is, can he stay healthy? And that's been an issue for the Rams for the longest time, having potential at that position, but they can't stay on the field. And then on top of that, uh, Terrell Burgess, who I think can be a solid player. He was showing some signs of uh, you know, being a decent player out there uh, before he got injured. So if he turns out to be the guy that I think he can be, this this could be a a solid draft class at the end of it all, even with you know the kind of questionable decisions, uh, and that kind of leads us to this year where a lot of the positions that the Rams should have addressed last year um, are still needed to this day.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's. Um i to me we're looking at the, so just like you set the table for the listeners this year obvious of course the rams don't have a first round pick and they want to they won't have one next year and they <laughs> they won't have one the following year uh <laughs> so get used to it uh we're picking at 57 in the second round and then in the third round we pick at 88 and then a compensatory pick at 103 I. Uh, The rest of the picks for the purpose of this podcast, like, probably don't matter. We pick very late in the fourth round, and then we have one late sixth and one late seventh. So, I mean, the meat of the draft, and and maybe we will get another Jordan Fuller in the sixth round, but, like, we are not going to sit here and discuss what players we think could be the next Jordan Fuller in the sixth round. That's probably going to end up being a useless conversation. But, so, basically, you have three picks on day two, Uh, the first one being at 57. I'll start with you, Kev, like, there's obviously a few positions of need on the Rams. Luckily, we have a pretty fucking talented roster, and uh, there's not that many needs. But the needs that we have, I feel like, are pretty glaring. What, what, like, if the Rams walk into the draft and do what you're hoping they do, like,
2: what does that look like? Okay, so I'm conflicted because, obviously, uh, I like going BPA, uh, if the BPA fits your needs. Like, if you have three elite wide receivers, unless that wide receiver is like Jamar Chase and you can't pass him up and it's like clearly the best player available. This is obviously, I'm talking first round, not like, you, yeah, you can't pass him up or it's like a quarterback, uh, like a quarterback of the century or you're like you trade out. But at 57, it's, uh, it, it's tough. I have my thoughts with how we should go about maximizing Matthew Stafford. I think our best course of action with how solid our defenses i think regardless of the loss of uh, uh brockers of john johnson i i think we still have a very good defense on our hands um my thoughts here are maximize the offense so whether it be a wide receiver or whether it be an interior or even a tackle i wouldn't mind a tackle if it's like a very good one uh there are some names i could pull up right now like i'm looking at guys like Liam uh, I don't know about, uh. there's Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. I haven't watched too much of his tape. Jalen Mayfield, he could be right tackle. He could be an interior lineman as well. So these guys who can kind of mesh and swing around between guard and tackle, I would really like because I think priority number one should be protect Matthew Stafford. Keep him upright because he's had some back issues throughout the past few years. And, you know, he's not the youngest quarterback. I believe he's like 32 right now, 31, 32. Maybe a little older older than that. Excuse me if I forgot. But uh, yeah, keeping Matthew Stafford upright. uh, Giving our offense time to build. Because we do have a... I don't want to say slow offense. But aside from Deshaun Jackson, we have a bunch of like four or five guys. Uh, Cam Akers, I guess, is fast. But like, you know, he's starting from the back of your offense. So nevertheless, uh, protect Matthew Stafford. Give our uh, wide receivers time to get open. And, you know, create running lanes. All of those things are important so i would tack i would go after either an offensive tackle or a guard or a
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
2: swing man someone uh, of those guys I named obviously there are some guys who might drop maybe like a Samuel Cosme who's incredibly athletic uh, any like anyone that could just protect our offense and create running lanes because the defense can hold its own and if our offense is on the field plenty creating first downs our defense will be rested so it's like uh, it'll be a symbiotic relationship of sorts and yeah I like where our defense is I don't think we need like anything too major outside of depth uh we need linebackers but we saw how this uh defense can operate as a top 5 unit without linebackers so or inside linebackers specifically so i'd go interior interior offensive line or a tackle who can swing inside Johnny how you feeling uh i
3: i can see some of your points there kev like especially with uh having uh, offensive linemen i i think we can all agree that offensive line is by far one of the most important positions in the NFL. And, uh, you know, having a solid unit, um, you know, with if one of your starters goes down, that that's the ultimate key here because that's where things kind of went downhill a little bit when Andrew Whitworth went down. And as much as I like Big Whit, he's not getting any younger. And the fact that he, you know, just came back from an injury, uh, and a pretty significant injury, that um that, that doesn't leave me very comfortable, you know, uh, going into the twenty twenty one season, having really nobody behind him. Uh yeah, I I don't know. I I don't like the idea of Noteboom coming back, being our left tackle again. You know, he did an okay job for, you know, a guy just to be randomly plugged into the left tackle spot, but I I I don't think no boom is a left tackle in the NFL. I've said that from the beginning, and I still kind of agree to that notion. So I would be perfectly fine with uh, uh, going after a tackle, maybe a sort of uh, guy that can be a red shirt and uh, learn from a guy like Andrew Whitworth. I mean, who better to teach? And then, of course, uh, center position. <laughs> Obviously, we don't have a center, really, uh, unless you try and go after Brian Allen uh, to be the starter, which uh, we kind of tried that experiment before didn't exactly, you know, bode well for us. So, uh, personally, I have some guys that I would love, uh, to pick at uh, at, uh, the second round, but whether or not they'll be there, like, uh, Kev mentioned a few guys there, like, uh, Liam Inchenberg, I think would be <laughs> amazing if he's there, um, Kev, do you think that he he'll still be there
2: in the second round pick? I I see him. Proje- I I haven't heard too much first round talk on him. I I saw him projected there earlier, but right now I'm looking at him on uh, the draftnetwork.com. Uh, he's ranked as their 38th overall player, and you know, like guys fall all the time, whether it be like. You know, team fit or this or that. So I'm not going to say it's impossible for him to fall to 57. But, like, I just named them as guys that might be there. Uh, You mentioned center. That's also something that's crucial. But uh, centers you can usually get later in the draft. They're, for some reason, undervalued when, you know, they're the guy who snaps the ball. And we've seen teams with snapping issues. We saw um, how much a snapping issue can affect them. We saw the Ravens in that one game, I believe, Matt Skura took over, whomever it was. Uh, they they had just problems with their offense all game against the Patriots. So uh, I do think center is an important position to tackle, but there's only one I would view as a must-have if he's there, and that's Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. He was a highly coveted uh, interior lineman prospect who could have came out last year, but uh, now a- after his senior year, uh, he's coming out and... Honestly, if he's there, he should be the pick. He's literally the best interior lineman in the class. I've seen Elijah Vera Tucker, who is uh, – he's a Trojan, and he's very talented. He's played left tackle. He's played guard. But Creed Humphrey at center would be a game-changer and just lock and load this line. from. It, it would be like from the middle out, the line would be great just because, you know, kind of the center is the quarterback of an offensive line. They call the shots. They get the checks and all that. So – I think he'd be a great guy. He's been play- he played with Kyler, played with Hertz. I-, I think he even played with Baker early on. So he's been at Oklahoma throughout a lot of their offensive success, and uh, he he ranks a 10 out of 10 on uh, Kent Lee Platt on Twitter's uh, RAS, and uh, that's his own scoring system that goes by a 40 time, uh, three cone height, weight, this and that. He is the perfect interior lineman prospect. So if we're going center, Creed Humphrey should be the guy.
3: So uh, one, one thing uh, before I move on to the other position that um, I think the Rams should address. Uh, so since we're talking about centers here, one of the interesting things is because looking into some of the prospects that are available, um, I noticed that this is actually a decent class of centers. Um, is, is that, in your opinion, Kev, is that something that we can agree on or, or is that maybe just overhype?
2: Um, I, it really depends on who ends up as a center in the league. I, I'm not a big center. Wa- like I don't look at depth for center. I kind of just look at the top end. Uh, we know guys like Landon Dickerson who were made famous in, uh, the national championship with, uh, you know, him coming in for that last snap, And he's been at Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, Alabama throughout the years. And unfortunately towards ACL this past year. Um, but you know, center is a position that, you know, teams, can move guys around the interior line you know uh, you can play left guard right guard center and all that but like you know for pure center uh i don't know how much depth there is uh really honestly because again i don't watch them too hardly I, like i I've, I've only seen a few of them honestly like the ohio state guys uh who are like interior linemen josh uh, josh myers and wyatt davis quinn Miners is a guy that uh, sosa on um twitter brings up all the time that's at qb's mvp uh, he talks about Quinn Myers out of Wisconsin Whitewater, and I've got to watch this guy apparently because he's apparently the smoothest interior lineman he's ever seen. But overall, the interior line, I'm I, I don't know how much depth there is. I think there's top end depth, but I don't know how much like late round depth there is. Can you uh, educate me on that?
3: Uh, just uh, there's a couple guys that that uh, captured my interest. Uh, Miners is one of them. Uh, Lennon Dickerson obviously is is a guy that. A lot of people are going to be looking at, um, but even with minors, to be honest, he, he was a, he was a guard at, at Whitewater. Um, but a lot of people are assuming he's going to move over to center just because in the NFL level, he, he's pretty much has more of a body for the center, uh, on the NFL level than a guard. I mean, not to say he couldn't play guard in the NFL, just he's probably better off moving more into the interior, uh, but yeah, there's there's a few other guys there, but um, yeah, it, it's it's something I wanted to bring up a lot because uh, obviously in terms of a center, the Rams really don't have one at this point unless you want to take a look at Brian Allen again. And uh, if you would ask uh,
1: Steve or I if we want to go we, we down do that not, route, we do we not don't. want to take a look at Brian Allen again. <laughs> we I think. think... After Austin Blythe left, somebody was like, I wonder if they have a plan. And I was like, I think their only plan is that Brian Allen is not the plan.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it,
1: and it's that kind of thing that
3: just because you, you, you talk about the options the Rams really have. And I think the only other option other than drafting a center is to move Austin Corbett to the um, center position, which isn't really something you want to do. Because Austin Corbett, A, didn't do all that well in Cleveland as their center, and B, uh, he's done a hell of a job at guard. Do you really want to break up the continuity there just because we don't want to draft a center Um, or at least go after uh, one of the top centers in the draft? Because, again, that's, uh, that's why it's kind of a concern because there's really not a whole lot of options here. You either try and make Brian Allen work again, uh, (laughs) try and go after Coleman Shelton as your center. I don't know if that'll go any better. Or maybe even try moving Tremaine uh, Antrim to uh, that spot. And uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea either.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough right now looking at this depth chart, because as you mentioned, all these players, it's it's like, yeah, we have starting guards and we have starting tackles, but we don't have depth. Like, I, I guess Bobby Evans, I, I, I have hope for him and he's still kind of young. Ankrum, I don't know much about. But other than that, we need guard depth and we need centers or we need a center. Um, it, it, It's pretty bad and again like i said you need as as important as the starters are for like these kinds of draft positions you need to get guys who could fill right in or fill in at other spots so getting a versatile guy uh i think the rule best rule of thumb is uh, i like uh, you could get a center who could play guard but you can't get a guard who could play center uh that's a good rule to go by so if we were to draft a center and he had to play the guard spot because we found another guy who could play center i think you know you're just adding on to and piling on this very good depth at a position that is so important uh offensive line like last year we had a really good offensive line play but that's just because everybody stayed healthy except for Andrew Whitworth do we have that in 2021 we don't know because injuries are random so yeah i'm i'm all for building up the offensive line from whatever position possible whether it be outside inside doesn't matter
1: and but- so uh Oh, I'm
2: sorry. Go ahead, Steve. I was
1: just going to say, and then you could keep going. But, like, I love that point about drafting centers that can play guard. I mean, our last center, Austin Blythe, was a guard on the Rams and played center his whole career in college before he got here. So, I mean, um, and, and then played a little guard with, with Indianapolis. But, yeah, like, that that's a really great point. Like, I think because it doesn't seem like they're going to bring in a center, if you're going to draft an interior offensive lineman, I would look at guys that play center that you think could be a little versatile and also play guard, but yeah,
3: go ahead. Okay. So um, we, we can probably go all day about talking about uh, different offensive line prospects, but um, there's other positions of need. Um, I think one of the things that we're all kind of aware of at this point is that uh, less need doesn't really draft based on position. We can even go evidence based on that last year with uh, drafting uh, Cam Akers. So,
1: and Van Jefferson.
3: And, and Van Jefferson, for that matter. So, um, personally, and I, I think uh, Steve will agree with me, um, inside linebacker, in particular, is one that we haven't seen addressed really at all. Um, and to be fair, the, the Rams had the number one defense last year with, with really out without too many inside linebackers that were, well, all that competent, to be honest. So, um, personally, if it were up to me, I would definitely want one of the higher draft picks that the Rams have to be an inside linebacker. Maybe it doesn't have to be the second-round pick, but for sure, um, one of the third-round picks, I would definitely want to be in that route. Um, But the more I think about it, like, Inside linebacker is not typically um, a position that's really uh, a great class to have, um, at least in this year's draft. Um, This year's draft doesn't seem like a huge draft class coming in. There are a few guys, don't get me wrong, that um, draw my interest. So, you know, guys like uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky and uh, Jabril Cox from uh, LSU, those two guys definitely catch my eye. But will they actually be there in the third round? I highly doubt it. Um, I don't know, Kev. Do you have any ideas
2: potentially? Uh, I really doubt Jamin Davis is going to be there, given how well he scored recently. Uh, there are guys like Michael. Pa- I love Michael Parsons, but he's obviously not oh. going to be there. Uh, he might slide though because of. Uh, I think he has some off-field issues. He should go honestly top like seven, but. Uh, He's going to fall, I think, to the double digits. Nevertheless, he's not going to be there for us. I like Baron Browning out of OSU a lot, Ohio State. Um, He was a high-end prospect who kind of like, I don't want to say fell off the map, but wasn't as uh, noted until essentially the, you know, the... The college football playoffs uh, we saw make a bigger impact and then we saw how well, honestly i think it was just because of how bad tough borland was we saw in relation to tough borland how good baron browning was but uh, yeah, Baron Browning. I think he was a top twenty prospect out of high school. Uh, he he's been consistent throughout his college career, but this past year he really showed out late. He's he was a senior, so maybe you know just being older helped. But he should be there. He should be available in the second round. And if we were gonna if we were to go linebacker, I would be happy with him. Even though again, we don't really need linebacker. Uh, hopefully, Micah Kaiser healthy could play a little better. Reader looked decent last year. I guess at times. Uh, for the most part, uh, it's not. we don't have the best linebackers, obviously, but I think we could live without it and build elsewhere. But if we were to go linebacker, I like Baron Brown. Kev, I,
1: I feel like you take a glass-half-empty approach
2: to so many aspects
1: of the Rams, and I cannot believe you're taking a glass-half-full approach to the inside linebackers. <laughs>
2: I mean, we, we play three safety. One of our safeties is basically a linebacker, the way we play. So I, I can look past, you know, it's about, the, it, it's about the sum of its parts. Our defense, the sum of its parts is very good. It's elite. It's I mean, you know, a defense year to year is hard to peg. But uh, necessarily, we're going to have a good defense again. We have Jalen Ramsey. We have Aaron Donald. Obviously, like, you just build around them, and we have, and we've done it fairly well. So I'm very much so of the opinion that our defense – isn't a need necessarily we have the starters and depth matters but uh offensive depth for us particularly given the age and uh how we've how like fringe the performance has been throughout the years we we get like up and like Rob Havenstein last year was great the year before wasn't as great uh Andrew Whitworth not healthy and then Edwards and Corbett like are they going to keep up their play I'm a little more hesitant on Corbett than Edwards but you know and then wide receiver, I think you mentioned it wasn't a need last year when it was. I don't, I don't recall if that's exactly what you said. But offense, we like, we can have a good offense, but I want us to have a great offense and surround Matt Stafford with as much as possible. Because, you know, look at our division right now. It's fucking scary. You're going to have to score points. And our defense can, you know, only do so much to stop guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and uh, hopefully Mac Jones, if the 49ers do draft him, God, God, I hope the Mac Jones is that pick. Uh,
3: I
1: still hope he's that pick too. But,
2: uh. I, I, I can't
1: imagine he's the pick. Um, yeah, to like the wide receiver point, I, it, it wasn't that it's not, it wasn't a need last year per se, but there were bigger needs for sure at, in the second round, considering that like we thought Josh Reynolds is a decent player, and I still do. Um, but then, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, but let me like, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to be mad if they take a interior offensive lineman at 57. I think that's, that's definitely a big need and something they should, they will definitely address on day two. Let me just lay out a case for inside linebacker. Okay. Here I mean, and bear with me. And, and I, I hope the listeners that groan at me and Johnny just shitting all over the inside linebackers every week are enjoying Kev's positive takes about it. Cause we probably needed them. But, like, let's <laughs> – like, imagine it's, like, a Saturday and you're hungry, uh, but you got some time to cook, and you're like, I'm going to make a cheeseburger. But, like, you're not just going to go grab, like, a freezer patty. Like, you're going to make the best fucking cheeseburger you've ever had. So, you go to the store. You get, like, some half beef, ground beef, like, some half, like, ribeye, like, some real a really good patty base. Uh, rather than getting buns off of from, like, Wonder Bread, like, you go to your local bakery. You get some delicious, like, hamburger buns. You go to the farmer's market – You you get fresh lettuce, fresh tomatoes, and you're putting together this just fucking incredible burger. It's gonna be the best burger you've ever had. Like no matter what else happens, it's gonna be the best burger you've ever had. But then you get to the cheese, and because you bought all this other shit, like you've got the best beef, you've got the best, you've got the best bun. You're like you just look in the fridge, and all you've got is an expired slice of Velveeta cheese, and you're like yeah fuck it, it'll be fine. Like the rest of the burger is gonna overpower it anyways. And you might be right to an extent, but you're going to go into some situations where that piece of moldy cheese that you have at inside linebacker that you haven't addressed in five fucking years is just going to be a glaring uh, problem with your cheeseburger. And every bite, you're going to be like, damn, imagine if I just put any other fucking slice of cheese on this cheeseburger instead of just assuming that the cheese would be fine. Uh, Because that's pretty much what the Rams have done for the last, I don't know, like, since Sean McVay's been here at this position, and they got lucky once that they looked in their fridge, and somehow in the back of their fridge, they found this nice aged cheddar that they didn't know they had, which was like Corey Littleton. Uh, But beyond that, it's just been old, terrible slices of cheese uh, at inside linebacker. Troy Reeder looked okay, like, sometimes, but he's... A horrible coverage player. Now, he did have that one play in the NFC playoffs. <laughs> to That play. one play at the goal line, which I was shocked that he made a pass defense. Kenny Young also had, like, one play. Uh, Micah Kaiser had maybe a couple more plays than the other guys. But uh, I don't, like, I'm not saying they need to go inside linebacker at 57. And I truthfully think there's absolutely no fucking shot. They go inside linebacker at 57 just based on their history. I'll be ecstatic if they do. Um, but I think they do go offensive linemen. I I agree with you, and I think the team agrees with you. But, like, one of those J2 – one of those third-round picks has got to be a fucking linebacker. Like, they have to try and address this. Yes, the defense can function without it, um, but they'd be so much better if they addressed it. Like, there's just – and we saw it in the Green Bay game. Like, I know Reader had his moments, but it just feels like if you had a capable coverage player, and even Corey Littleton, who, like, look at him in Oak or in Las Vegas this year, like, not great, but there were just things he could do that, like, made him a very capable player. And one of the most important parts of our defense when he was here, I, I just – it doesn't have to be in the second round, but I think, like, they have to address this position uh, because – like, there are pl- things I think they could use addressing. Like, I think I, I would love to get a cornerback. Uh, I'd love to get another edge rusher, and I'd love to get, like, maybe multiple offensive linemen, just take some shots. But this, like, this has to be in their mix out of their three d- day three picks or day two picks. I'll be pretty bummed if they don't take one inside linebacker on day two unless, like, guy – like, you mentioned best player available. Like, unless guys that are just, like, really good are just falling into their laps at other positions.
2: Yeah, okay, look, I totally agree with what you're saying, but hear me out. You bring up Corey Littleton. uh, I don't know if he got his deal restructured, but what if the Raiders cut him? He He was terrible last year. If he's terrible to start the year, we could pull a Patriots, bring our guy back for cheap, and just plug and play in the same system with everything else dealt with, and just be like, yo, just handle your shit in the middle of the field. We got you in the front and the back with Ramsey and Donald. That... What if we did that? That would be incredible, but also, like, that's a fireable offense if that's your plan going
1: into the season, is that, like, <laughs> maybe Corey Littleton gets cut.
2: Hey, I, I, the Patriots do it all the time. It worked with Jamie Collins. It's work. It's probably going to work with Kyle Van Noy this year. They probably, like, tons of other guys back in the day as well they've done this with. But, uh, okay. I think Micah Kaiser, coming off, of... I think he had an ACL tear two years ago. He played nine games last year, like I mentioned. I think he should have a better year this year. Uh, that should be uh, okay. I'm being a little, I'm being a little optimistic. I know, I know, I know. This is a change of pace for me, but look, it, it, I don't think it's as bad as it seems, honestly. And yeah, it's there are ways around it. Like this isn't. Like you can get really good performances out of like late round linebackers too, because sometimes you just get like really scrappy guys who want to like go headfirst into a tackle and uh, b- break into wouldn't, gaps, wouldn't like just like gung ho. We never draft them. Okay, right, we got Clay Johnston last year. <laughs> I didn't work out, but you know you take your shot. I'd be more comfortable. Okay, you mentioned taking shots on linemen. I'd be more comfortable uh, getting my linemen early and taking shots on linebacker late and just figure like be like, yo, figure it out, because. Th- I don't know. Like, I feel like it's not as much of a need as I have mentioned uh, a couple times now. It's just, it's a need, but it's not as big as depth on offense or defense right now. Given how our how both those systems work, or both our systems in place work, uh, it's just so manageable. That's the word that I'm looking for. It, I don't know. I I I don't know. Like, do you think we can wait? Like. Can we win a Super Bowl without a an line, uh, inside linebacker? Or a legit one, at least. Do you think so? I, I think you can, but it'd be a whole lot easier if
1: you addressed it. And I think, uh, like, it's just there There are games, and we saw it last year, where, like, that hole is going to get exposed. And you really – it's kind of like with Jared Goff. Like, you needed every single aspect of the offense to be firing on all, all cylinders for him to be good. And defensively, for to succeed with shitty linebackers – you need every other asset of the defense to be really killing it. And to their credit, they pretty much did every week. But you saw, like, against the Packers, when they were playing, like, okay, you know, they, that that got exposed. And I, I think you can do it, but I think Kaiser and Reader both have potential to be – startable number two inside linebackers. Like, that could be maybe even pretty good as a secondary guy, but I don't really see – and I'd love to be wrong – I don't really see potential for either of them to be, like, the lead inside linebacker on a defense, Um, at least, like, good at it, or even, like, average. Uh, I I just don't – I don't see it there. I I think they both have a lot of flaws in their games, but there are things that they do well that could be great in, like, a secondary role. Um, I I just and I don't think it's gonna be at fifty-seven. I don't necessarily think it needs to either. Like you said, like they they were great without him last year. But you have two third-round picks, and uh, I, like I I think I w- I would love for them to do it at, with one of those picks. Um, and if you don't, maybe like you said, take some shots in the late round, like they did with Micah Kaiser. Um, and I guess they did with Clay Johnson. But like, I don't really count that. <laughs> they, <laughs> they tried. They, they were they like tried. ten picks
2: left in the draft <laughs> when
1: they took him. <laughs>
2: It was better than Sam Sloman. I'll tell you That's that. It's like the trying equivalent
1: of walking into a test and just circling a bunch of bubbles and not reading the questions. It's like, well,
2: we, we took it. Hey, if you circles, if you circle C every time, you're gonna get 25%. So like, you know, <laughs> take take four linebackers and you have 100. There you go. Yeah, uh... You figured it
3: out. Oh man. By the way, Kev, just so you're aware, Steve does associate players to produce all the time.
2: Oh yeah, I was I was getting hungry when he was talking about that cheese. <laughs> it, well, I was hungry until I started talking about the cheese.
1: Everything else in the burger sounded delicious. Uh, yeah, I mean,
3: <laughs>
1: he actually yeah. had an
3: article once about comparing players of the soda. So,
1: <laughs> no, that was on a. Uh, okay, wh- who's who's the Coke? Because Coke's
2: obviously number one, right? I
1: so I don't remember like it. The the analogy Johnny referred to it was an article. It was on a podcast famously one time, famously to me, pretty much only, and maybe famously. some of our listeners. Um, so I'll, I'll tell it again because I don't know if everyone was listening. Was one time in college, like I used to kind of like RC cola as a kid. I'd have it like occasionally at my grandpa's house, uh, and I drink a lot of diet soda, um, just because like I can't do the sugar with my teeth. I had some bad experiences, and one time at the store I saw a thing of RC ten, which was basically like their version of, like, Coke Zero, I guess, but with 10 calories. And I was like, yeah, I used to like RC. Like, sounds pretty good. So I got it, opened a can, tried it. It was terrible. And I was like, why did I ever, like, I knew this wasn't going to be good. Why did I ever think it was going to be good? Like, if I had to drink this, it was never going to be good. And my comparison to that RC10, which just, like, why would that ever be good? You know it's going to be bad deep down, uh, was Sean Mannion.
2: Oh, my God. How? Oh, my God. I like the end of that story. That, that was a good one. Okay. Like, I, I was like, where the hell are you going with this? Because I obviously did not listen to this pod. It was a while ago. Uh, no. Wow.
1: It was one of my favorite movies.
2: Wow. That's that's a very – that's took a turn for the best or worst. I can't worst. tell. But it, it definitely was the worst. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where were we with this
1: draft, uh, by the way? Are we still around round we'll- two? Well, uh, yeah, we don't need to get deeper today. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up in a couple. But, like, Johnny, did you have anything you wanted to add on that giant linebacker debate we just had?
3: Uh, just that uh, clearly the linebacker situation are like the Shasta. No, actually, I, I kind of like Shasta. Uh, they're clearly like the Coke Zero, you know, uh, type of players here. They just – they're – they, the Rams need some some kind of they they need a shasta cola at this point. At least with shasta cola, you can kind of close your eyes and make believe that that it's Coke. Um, with Coke Zero, you just you can't do that. You you just can't.
1: <laughs> I as a diet cola aficionado, I be, I occasionally have some good bout Coke Zero, um, but... but it's not Coke. Have coke. you
2: guys had coffee no, coke? I saw you had it the other day though. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that show's good. The vanilla slaps. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I would have to give it a go. I, I have not had that. You have to shotgun it. You won't. <laughs> I won't. You're right. right. <laughs> you won't. It's, it's anxiety in a can, but it's good. It like trust me. Like you, you should only drink like half or like pour half out and put like rum or whiskey with the rest. But it's good. And it like wakes you up a little bit. Sounds I, like I, a four loco to me. Oh, bro, don't talk.
1: Agreed. <laughs> I've been retired from those for a while. Who's the four?
2: Who's the four loco of this draft? <laughs> uh, Johnny, you could give that. I'm trying to think of one
1: on the Rams.
3: Uh, 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 let's see. In the draft, the four loco. Who who would we? No,
1: that have. that is a
3: good one. Um. For me, I would probably say Jamin Davis. Hell with it.
2: Oh, wow. Just because he's so electric or what? Yeah,
3: I really like Jamin Davis a lot. And if we can somehow manage to get him, I'm all for it. I I want that
1: four loco. I think – I don't know if we have any four locos on the roster, but I think Marcus Peters would have hit the bill. Uh, just, like, you deal with a lot of the bad for the good, and, like, the good is fucking awesome, uh, like, once it hits, uh, but there's a lot of pains getting to the good. That's how I felt about Four Loko. So,
2: like, so, like, Nasimba Webster, your boy. Yeah, but there was no
1: good with with Nimba Webster, and I guess to a lot of people, there's no good to Four Loko, so he also might be a good comparison.
2: Oh, so he's the nerfed Four Loko, you'd say? yeah. That's a great one. He's, he's like four loco without I the fun. I used to
1: drink a lot of Poco Locos in college.
4: <laughs>
1: hey, it was like the, the smaller size. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. <laughs> Coward. Coward. It, <laughs> it was like the seltzer uh, of your Drink era. a tall can. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, man. Um, Kev, I don't want to keep you all night, and Johnny and I have like four weeks of draft talk. So is there any anything you wanted to hit on the Rams
2: before we wrap up with their draft? Uh. I think the biggest thing is just like I said, making sure that Matthew Stafford is upright. Uh, that's my number one concern. I like uh, our Raheem Morris uh, hiring. That's uh, honestly, I love what he did with the Falcons last year. They were 14th in DVOA on defense, and they didn't really have the, too many of the pieces that you would expect from a above average defense to really put that kind of stuff up. And they were miserable before him, so um, I'm really hopeful that you know. The loss of John Johnson and Michael Brockers, as mentioned, do not affect us too much. I'm excited to see Terrell Lewis hopefully healthy this year. If he is, uh, there's a lot of these pieces that I like. I I, I hope Taylor Rapp is healthy again. George, uh, Burgess, it, Terrell Burgess, if he can contribute, Ogbonko, uh, Okoronkwo. I like a lot of our young pieces actually. That like uh, that's why I'm so bullish on our defense being okay without um you know going big early on. But uh, I trust Tyler Higby at tight end, so tight end is not really a need. I'm just looking at our roster right now. I think we're Super Bowl contenders right now, like right now without anything. The draft should be not to just to fill needs, but to also make sure our roster is as healthy as possible, uh, that uh, nah, as healthy as possible and as fungible as possible. Because if we lose a guy, we need someone to put right back in there, especially at offensive line at wide receiver, because our wide receiver depth is terrible. Uh, I guess getting Van Jefferson is fine, but I wouldn't have drafted him at second round. But like, you know, at least if cup or woods go down, we have him, you know, I don't think this is a very good draft outside of like the first few rounds. So Essentially, we only discussed round 2 and 3, and like rounds 4, you just take, you know, you're taking your shots anyway. Anybody outside of the first 100 picks, you know, it's kind of a marginal factor to any team. So, I think we hit on the most important points. Um, I'm looking forward to who we draft, because... Uh, As long as it's guys who can play, I I want day one players. They don't have to be day one starters. I don't want raw dudes. I want guys who can contribute immediately, but necessarily don't have to start. Like if it's a cornerback, like you mentioned, I'm fine with it. Uh, Edge rusher, even if he doesn't start, I'm fine with it. Just guys who aren't projects. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I'm looking to not do. for The the biggest thing I'm hoping the Rams don't do. Yeah, and I
1: think they'll, you know, if they go line, or especially if they go inside linebacker early, like, they're not, they're going to take ready guys. Um, And, like, I I agree with you. Like, even with the needs, we probably are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, If Matthew Safford goes well, which I think we all, there's no reason to believe it wouldn't at this point. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm excited. And it's going to be a weird draft, like you said, with the late-round picks. It was probably the weirdest college football season in probably a long time i don't i'm not that much of a college football history buff to really make any explicit statements um but uh so there's going to be some guys later on that might end up being better than you think and we'll see what happens uh kev let the people know where they could find your work where they could follow you
2: yeah so uh my name is kev John at rotosurgeon on twitter it's spelled how it sounds Uh, My podcast, The Operating Room, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, if you do have a moment. You know, no pressure. But, uh, yeah, Steve, thank you so much for uh, having me on. I'm always happy to join you to talk draft or Rams or whatever. Because I spend way too much of my day-to-day just doing this shit in my head. And um, the only outlet is Twitter where, like, nobody but, like, you and Sosa and, like, maybe three other people care. So, again, thank you for having me on. Johnny, great talking to you again and uh, getting to discuss draft. You know, we're making this basically a tradition at this point, aren't we? Yeah, man. It's
1: a good tradition. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, if you're playing fantasy baseball, definitely check out Cavs Podcast, The Operating Room. I don't play fantasy baseball, so I have not checked out your baseball content, yet But I was on the football part, and I've listened to it without me on it, believe it or not. And it's a great podcast, so definitely check it out. <laughs> All right. That. And, uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Superbarrow, Johnny on Twitter, at Johnny5not6. Follow uh, Ra- Rams Talk, at Talk Rams on Twitter. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if you haven't already. We'll be back next week with more draft coverage, and we'll see you guys soon.
3: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that we gonna see him soon, you feel me?